Hello, and welcome to the Love Yourself to Happiness show, a podcast inspired by modern women like you. We are your hosts, Maya and Michaela. Each week, you'll get an infusion of tips, daily routines, tools, and rituals from our favorite experts that will inspire you to create the life of your dreams and make it a reality. This is episode number five with Megan Thayer. Megan's favorite role in life is being mommy to Chase, who was born in 2014. Prior to becoming mom to the energetic and happy boy, she graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration in 2004 from Colby Sawyer College. This business background gave her a successful career in banking for over 10 years. Megan's life changed when Chase was born. Her identity shifted, her purpose changed, and she found a franchise called Fit for Mom. She bought the Seacoast Territory in October 2014 and opened her doors in early 2015. From there, the franchise has grown to offer many pre- and postnatal classes a week on the Seacoast. The team of pre- and postnatal fitness experts has grown to five instructors, and the amount of support that has rippled through the Seacoast with our little ones witnessing the importance of living a healthy lifestyle has been tremendously positive. Aside from being a small business owner and mom, she enjoys spending time at the beach or reading. She's passionate about hearing people's stories and fascinated with the growth journey that people go on. She believes that the purpose in life is love and she hopes to simply share love wherever she goes. All right. We are here with Megan Thayer this morning and she is the owner of Fit for Mom Seacoast in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So, Megan, the first question we have for you is we would love to hear a little bit more about your personal life, um, something that wasn't mentioned in your bio, and your journey to wellness. Hi, good morning. Thanks so much for having me today. Um, I grew up here on the seacoast, and I moved away, and I lived in Portland, Maine. That's how I met you, Maya, for a number of years, and then outside of Boston, and then on the Cape. And then I just found that there was really no place like home, and I transitioned myself back to the seacoast. And um, from there, I became a mom, um, and and I think what I've recognized over the course of the past three and a half years since Chase was born is that um, I've been through a lot of transitions. I think transitioning from um, from maidenhood into motherhood has been a really significant journey. Um, and then on top of that, I lost my mom last year. So that was a big transition, you know, becoming a mom, losing my mom, and really just honoring the transition, honoring the the identity changes that happen when when a person goes through large transitions like that um, and and having the flexibility to create that space and that's really what um, what brought me into my journey to wellness because it's so much more than what we do at fit for mom seacoast with the exercises you know it's great it's great to work on your you know on your booty and on your abs and on your <laughs> biceps but you know, it's so much more than that. It's it's really working on who you are as a person as you shift and your identity shifts, and um, and that's really you know all encompassing wellness, um, and and just creating the space that you you know to 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 grow. I think that's really important, and it's really difficult when you have you know young children at home. It's really really difficult to do that. Right, and you've created this beautiful community of other moms and that has been this beautiful transition 
I've seen with you, Megan, that mm. where you've had, you know, you had that support, you created that, that community basically kind of for yourself and Chase. And then that held you during that transition when your mom passed away and still does. And it's a, yeah. re- it's been really beautiful to see that. Thank you. I think you're right. I think, you know, just creating the space, but then everybody who's been a part of it has really made it a beautiful thing. And then certainly, you know, I like that you said it held me because it really did. It held me accountable. I had a group of people I had to show up for. Um, I, you know, it, it was just, it was a struggle like every day after losing my mom, but it was so amazing to have this community, um, what we call our village. And, um, and I'm so grateful for that. Right. And, and I think it was beautiful too, because you, you had to show up for them, but you were able to still show up as yourself authentically, even though you were in, you know, this grieving place. So that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, I just, I'm always fascinated by, um, like, how do you define happiness for you? So I'm always fascinated to see what, how people define that for themselves in their journey. Wow, that's like such a big question, you know, yeah. like, I, because I mean, happiness for me, happiness is like, you know, this morning when Chase and I were dancing in his room, listening to music and just like having just like laughing, like those simple moments of pure joy is just that is happiness. But I think, you know, those are great. You try to compile as many of those fleeting moments because they don't last forever and, you know, and compile those to have more of those types of moments than you have of other ones. But really, you know, when it comes to, you know, the moments when life gets really hard, it's it's realizing that happiness is comes from within. It's an inward motion out. It doesn't happen from out into in. And so, you know, I choose to be happy when life is hard. I say like, you know, what is happening with my thoughts right now? How can I control them? How can I shift my thinking so I can choose to be happy? Because it's an inward out action versus, you know, not the other way around. Beautiful. Totally makes sense. And how do you um, like acquire that happiness when you are going through a tough time besides like thinking about your thoughts? Is there anything else, any other practice that you have? Um, I call Maya. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I think, you know, I think for me, I think everybody has their own process when they, when they feel like they're going through a really rough time. And I know my process, my process is to like dig a little hole and just hang out there for a little bit and then be like, okay, you know, I have to, I am, I'm an emotional person and that's something I've learned about myself. And, um, I have to just kind of figure out, you know, for my process, like, what is it that's identifying this? Like, what is, what's my struggle? What's that hard part right now? And then, and then I slowly climb out of the hole and, you know, and I'm just, you know, I can see clearer at that point, I think. Um, but again, it's, it's one of those, you know, having those healthy rituals for success is what I call them. Like the rituals for success, like make sure I get in my exercise, make sure I get in my meditation, like having those routines set not only works for children, but it works for, you know, uh, for me as well. And, um, you know, especially when I am going through a hard time and it's, it's harder to focus on, on, you know, feeling so happy all the time, but it's, you know, circling back to those rituals, to those routines and, um, and having that stability, I think. Right. And also Mm -hmm. happiness. We're not talking about constantly smiling and constantly being in this like, yay, life is great, but it's, it's about, 
just the state of mind of, of having peace and, and knowing, you know, you're at the right place at the right time and just going forward from there. And so it could be as simple as that as well. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. And that really segues nicely into the next question, which is describe to us your morning and evening routine and three self-care practices that you just can't live without. Um. So in the morning, um, Maya has shared with me the miracle morning routine. And so I love doing the miracle morning and um, really just taking, you know, at least 40 to 60 minutes every morning and taking some time. My my miracle morning routine is um, to do like about 20 minutes of yoga, 20 minutes of meditation, and then 20 minutes of journaling. Sometimes it has to be a 10 minute meditation and 10 minutes of journaling, but I really try to get that time in. Um, and my evening routine is, is really just to, um, try to have a moment to myself as you know, with, with children, it's hard, you know, you've been running around all day and then, you know, Chase goes to bed. He's my three and a half year old. And, um, and it's like, okay, I finally have a moment. Um, so I would like to get into a stronger evening routine for self-care, but I think what I do is try to follow up on my messages at night before I go to bed and kind of, you know, write down what are my top three priorities for the next day, reevaluate my calendar just to make sure that, you know, I can stay as nicely organized as I can as a business owner um, and make sure that I got back to everybody. I think that's important too. Um, and my three self-care practices that I just can't live without um, I like to run. I need running in my life. Like running, I could call my meditation as well. For some reason, when I run, I literally cannot think of anything. Like my mind just goes blank. And in fact, if I need to think about a problem or I need to go out and do that, I can't run. I have to walk. I have to stop and just start walking. And so for me, the running is just a really nice way to clear my mind. Um, So that's one. Um, The second one, you know, I self-care practices I can't live without is just time for myself. Like I need... I need time for myself. And I think sometimes when, you know, it's been three weeks and I'm like, I haven't had any time to sit down by myself. I really, I miss that. I need that time for me. Um, And then the third self-care practice I cannot live without are showers. Like I take probably 30 (laughs) minute showers and it's like my... Oh, mom life, right? (laughs) That doesn't happen every day. Sometimes it's like a like a 90 second shower. But like when I and it's like typically every other weekend that I'm like, okay, like I get, you know, a real nice long shower. And that is just like, that just fills my bucket. So (laughs) that's amazing. I love it. I love hearing what other moms um, practices are. And I always like, that's why we like to do this. Cause I'm like, hmm, what can I try on today? It's like, you yeah. know, it's like trying on an outfit. Yeah. And it also right. holds you that accountable. It's like, what am I doing in the evening times, you know, and it makes you look at your own, um, stuff. So going forward, um, we love books and I personally, you know, if it wasn't for certain books, I wouldn't be where I am. Um, and I like to know what is one of your favorite books or two, um, or, you know, any recommendations you have, or what are you reading right now? Um, I love self-development books, business books. Um, and I mostly listen to them on my audible app while I'm driving in the car. Um, but the two books that really stick out are, um, the power of now, um, by Eckhart Tolle. And that was just a really great book to, um, to really bring yourself into, you know, the present moment and, and really appreciating, you know, it's hard to, 
we spent a lot of time reflecting on the past. We spent a lot of time planning on the future, but really taking the time to appreciate where you are now. And and so I love that book. Um, and then you are a badass. And so um, I love. So good. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> and in fact, um, Jen, um, how do you pronounce her last name? Jen Sirkoko. Yeah. Yes, she's coming yeah. to the musical next next Tuesday. So I have tickets. And um, she's going to be bringing and talking about her book, You Are a Badass at Making Money. So um, we got tickets. I'm really excited to go. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. Um, Megan, you work with a lot of women, obviously, moms. What area do you find women struggle with the most? And what's your best advice for them? Um, I think that, I think the where I see a lot of women struggle, including myself, um, is having the confidence to be themselves or to have the confidence to take the risks. And I think that there's, you know, self-placed limitations that, that people put the, you know, put on themselves, including me, I'm there too. And, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you hear there's no limits in the sky, but yet you're still placing all these limits on of why you can't do something or why you can't take an action. And I think, you know, having the confidence to be able to, to be themselves and not wonder what other people are going to think, or, you know, I think that's, that's tremendous and in, in building that confidence and having, you know, a group of women who really can rely on each other and who trust each other and who know that they are just so beautiful. Like everybody is just so beautiful in their own way. And what people bring to the table is just amazing. And we're all different and we're all beautiful. And I think it's really important to, you know, build a little, a group around you who can make you feel inspired, who can help you, you know, when you don't, when those days are that you don't feel beautiful, it's like, wait, yeah, you know, you're my mirror. Thank you for reminding me and lifting me up in those times. Um, But I think really just having the confidence to be themselves. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Totally agree. Um, Working with clients, I also find that. And um, that's one of my biggest like transformations for people is if they can be themselves because us Mm -hmm. as coaches, we see them as perfect already, you know, and you try to get them to, I mean, there is no perfection, but just you try to get them to the best selves that they can be. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was wondering, what is your favorite success story with a client? Do you have a Yeah, I think um, there's, you know, in terms of working coaching with clients, um, our body back program, we talk about it transforming the woman transforming into a butterfly. So you start off as a caterpillar, you build a cocoon, and then you're eventually transformed into a butterfly. And the body back program is about, um, it's an eight week program. And I love And I love all programs. All my clients know this. I love programs that have like a start date and an end date because the amount of growth that you can actually um, uh, track and measure during those set times is significant. So I always recommend, you know, if we are doing either with my run groups or with body back. So if we have a 12 week half marathon training, I always recommend that the mom's journal. So like you're journaling from day one to the day 12 about whatever, whatever's going on in your life. How did the run feel? Or, you know, what do you hope to get out of the 12 weeks? Where do you hope to be at the end of the 12 weeks? But having that self-reflection, um, I think is really important. So I, 
I would say that I have one client that really comes to mind and she just makes me laugh so hard. And I remember um, it was last summer and she started off, she was like doing a stroller based program. And in the summer, you know, we do push ups or whatever. And she couldn't do one push up. She literally could not do her just laughing. She's laughing on the ground. She couldn't do one push up. At the end of the summer, she's like popping off 15 push ups, like no big deal. And just like, you know, I just, she's, she's such a, um, a warm person that I just felt it was just hilarious, you know, and just in terms of like her laughing at herself and just, you know, I can't even do one, but I'm like, but this is why you're here. It's to build strength, you know, and, and wherever that, whatever that means for every client, it's different. It really is different. Um, and just, you know, I love, I love helping women, moms, open their eyes to themselves and say, wow, like I, I can do this. I am strong, you know, and it's so much more than just how many pushups you can do. It's, it's about, you know, I, I had the courage to, to leave my job and stay at home, or I had the courage to go back to work and, and, and transition my child into daycare. So I think, you know, it's just, it's, it's been a really amazing journey for me to support these women. Beautiful. And one more thing that I wanted to, to mention was that I think a lot of women, not only are they afraid or uncomfortable or not confident in showing themselves, but I think a lot of people as mothers lose themselves. I know that that was my experience. So that's part of the journey and part of your support that you provide to your clients as well. It's true. Yeah. 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 Um, so what was the best decision of your life up until this point besides your little adorable chase bear? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a good question. I, you know, I was thinking about this question and I just, I don't know. I mean, there's so many forks that people hit in the road, right? There's so many decisions that you come up against that you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is the biggest decision of my life and you have to kind of, you know, go with it. And so it's hard to evaluate, you know, the what ifs and what if I did take that other fork in the road? What if I, you know, took that road, that, that, that path? So it's hard to say, but I can say that, you know, I have to, I have no other choice, but just to trust my decisions um, and that it's all worked out the way it needs to. Um, And so, you know, I think that um, one of the scariest decisions I've ever made and one of the hardest decisions I've ever made was to leave a very successful banking career and to become an entrepreneur. Um, And so, you know, that one, I'm, I'm confident that I did make the right decision to do that. Um, but it's still scary. You know, it was still scary to this day, almost three years later, um, in, in working with, um, you know, being self-employed. So I think that was, that was probably the best decision of my life up to this point. Um, and I feel a lot of women, um, listening to this are probably in that place. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, where they do have a job that maybe they're not the happiest at. And Mm -hmm. so like you just said earlier that it's okay to be scared and it's not like a decision you wake up with and is like, Oh yeah, I'm just supposed to leave. And I have this path in Mm -hmm. front of me. It's something that you create every day. Right. Yeah, exactly. You just have to circle back to, you know, what is your why? And you have one big why and you just keep that as your fuel um, to get you through the hard days and, you know, and and come back to to come back to what is your why? Why did you make this decision? And um, and just trust, just trust yourself. It's hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when do you feel most empowered? I feel the most empowered, you know, when, when I, 
you know, I think it's my personality. I feel the most empowered when, you know, I feel on top of my ball, like, you know, and I feel like every, all the cylinders are firing, everything's good, you know, and like everything is in like a balance for the day or half a day or whatever it is. Yeah. That is really empowering for me. It's like, okay, like this is, this is what I'm aiming for and shooting for all the time, you know, and that, that is the world that I'm trying in creating for myself. And, um, and that is, you know, what I've, what I've been aiming for is, you know, getting on top of my ball as you were, if that's what you were to call it. Um, but you know, I would say also is working with the right people. Um, I have a group of women that I work with at Seacoast Birth and Family Connection where we have a studio space and I would say just brainstorming with these women, um, and men too, um, and just, you know, working towards something, achieving something is like really empowering that we're all very like-minded. We all have the same goals and ambitions to help families on the seacoast. And, um, I would say, you know, when we're all in the hive together, cranking along, that's pretty empowering as well. And just a side question, how did you get this group together? Like, I feel like, um, you know, a lot of moms, you know, are hanging out with their family and friends and they know that's not enough. And sometimes they don't know how to get from that place to, you know, meeting like-minded people. So is it something, Mm -hmm. you know, groups on Facebook or whatever? Like, how did you find your tribe? Um, So the the people that I work with at Seacoast Birth and Family, it's, it was an existing business and they're all individual business owners and um, all with the same goals in mind. So we basically, we're all individual businesses that work under the umbrella of Seacoast Birth and Family. So our primary goal there is to provide resources to, to young families on the Seacoast. So if you're a family here on the Seacoast between trying to conceive all the way through your children and are in middle school, we have resources, activities, classes, events, that are you know going to help these um, families um, with questions that they might have. From you know we had like a mom's fitness night that fit for mom showcased a number of um, uh, classes. We have a mommy mingle coming up in a couple of weeks talking about conception, and so you know it's a real struggle for women to to try to conceive sometimes. And so we have some experts coming in to talk about that, um, as well as you know, like a clinical psychologist that I share the space with who will talk about, you know, just helping healthy people get through a difficult situation. Um, and then, um, and then, you know, we'll have a mommy mingle at the end of the year. It's called, let's talk about sex baby, which is, you know, that your sex lives change after having kids, your relationship with your partner changes after having kids. So how can we best support these families, you know, and kind of make that, um, educational yet fun, and so we really just try to be a resource for them. And, and we offer, you know, Fit for Mom offers a number of classes there. We also have yoga out of our studio and dad's fitness. And so it's been really nice to to link up with this group because it's, you know, as a self-employed business owner and as a mom, I notice that there are a lot of parallels. Sometimes you feel like you're on your own island and it's very isolating. But, you know, when you walk into a space that just feels good and then you're surrounded by like-minded people, I think it makes the world a difference. Mm. It's huge. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And to conclude, can you please share with us three things that you're grateful for? Well, I'm not going to say like the, you know, like my family, my friends, absolutely I'm grateful for them. That's like a pretty given, I would say. So I'm going to say I am grateful for my picnic table. I love my picnic table. It seats eight. My dad and Travis built it for me. I love it. Um, I appreciate sunshine to grow. And I appreciate 
appreciate, ah, this is a toss up. I appreciate the ability to love and I also appreciate my booty. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, Woo! you can have more. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. I mean, you can keep going if you want. You know. <laughs> we'll be here all day. Appreciate wine and coffee and friends. Yeah. <laughs> love it awesome. well thank you thank you so much for um you know sharing with us and and being so open and beautiful um yeah and thank you for joining us on this journey to love and happiness oh you guys are so welcome and i'm really excited um to see how much you guys have done and where you guys are going this is awesome so yeah. congratulations you. to you too and thank you very much all right thank you thanks megan bye, bye.